Hi, and welcome to Simply Christ, your podcast where we examine the spiritual life and we make Jesus Christ our master so we can live in the fullness of that spiritual life as he has promised. If you have not subscribed, please make sure to do so. Also, share this with your friends. We'd greatly appreciate it if you do. Check out our YouTube channel, Simply Christ, and our website, simplychrist.org. That's simplychrist.org. That's with the O-R-G. In the last several shows, we have examined Christianity, just kind of a basics of it, the framework, and some of the misconceptions people have. And we looked at it kind of in a theological way, just very briefly, and discovered that it really is more about a spiritual way and not a religion. And We don't want our podcast just to focus on that because what we really want to do in this is develop the spiritual life because the spiritual life is not about understanding theology in the sense of an intellectual approach of understanding theology. It's not also about demons and angels and heavenly hierarchies. No, it is about becoming who we were originally created to be or who we are created to be, filled with the pureness of God displaying the fruits of the Spirit. How do we live in that spiritual life? How do, we, how do we become peaceful? How do we become loving? How do we become gentle and kind? Not only in a world which is such a state of what it is today, not that it's really been wonderful in the past, but lately it sure has, seems to be just in such a world of decay, and there is no sense of righteousness anymore. And that could be just not in the world, but maybe with our family members, uh, brothers, sisters, parents, uncles, aunts, whoever it may be, our wife, our spouse, our, our children, whoever it is, what can we do to make, sh- make sure that we maintain that level of peace or even grow in that? Because that's the desire of Christ, that we rise above this and we live, we live in that 40,000-foot view above all of this. We understand that it's living life in a totally different realm because anything else apart from that is a moral code or a work of the flesh, meaning that we are working to be as good of a person as we can become, being the best we can be, those kind of things. Those are works of the flesh. They're not works of the Spirit. It's not the Spirit changing us. It's our own habit, our own efforts to become moral people. And we can't do that. It's impossible to do that. Yes, we might be able to be decent people and so-called moral people, but God is not looking for that. He's looking for spiritually led people, and from that, then the fruit of morals and the peace and love, all that will come from that, because that's what needs to happen. We're going to be looking in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 5, I'm reading from the Aramaic Bible, and I'm going to be jumping through this because there's some Aramaic words, and I'm going to leave those Aramaic words out because I'm going to have to read the translation anyway, so I'm going to go straight to what the translation says. John chapter 3, verse 5. Let me set the stage here. Nicodemus is showing up to Jesus, and he is there to ask him a couple of questions. Nicodemus is a very high-ranking Jewish leader, and he knows the law. He knows about the Old Testament. He's supposed to know everything about these and these things. And he still comes to Jesus at night and says, Master, we know you're from God because no one unless they're from God, can do all the wonderful things you're doing. So, sure enough, that is what Jesus is going to start answering, giving him a good description of what the spiritual life is. And and Nicodemus is confused, but let's jump into it here. John chapter 3, verse 5. And Yeshua, that's Jesus, answered and said unto him, Truly, truly, I say unto you, that if a man isn't born from the water and the Spirit, 
It isn't possible that he may enter into the kingdom of God. The thing which is born from the flesh is flesh, and the thing which is born from the spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I said unto you that it is necessary for you to be born anew, or literally from the beginning. The wind, the place where it pleases, blows, and you hear the sound, but you do not know where it comes and unto where it goes. Thus so is everyone who is born from the Spirit. Now, that last verse 8, where it starts talking about the wind, we're not going to get into it in this podcast. I'm going to save that for a later one because there is a lot of information in that. It's packed with so much information that to try to cover it in this podcast, it's insanely impossible. There's just so much there. And when we do hit it, you're going to find out that it's just a fireworks. It's an explosion of of spiritual truth and just makes life so much more sense. But before we can even get to that point, we've got to look at John chapter 3, verse 5, 6, and 7, the ones that we read. So, by the way, you may hear some background noises on motorcycles and so forth. I am here in Florida, and I'm visiting some family members, so that's one of the reasons why I'm late uploading this podcast. Forgive me for that, but I at least want to be able to come up and uh, put out a, a podcast while I'm here and keep this going and keep this up to date and provide you with information to keep your your spiritual life growing and filled with what I believe is God's truth. Remember what Jesus is saying here to Nicodemus. He is answering him and telling them that he requires a rebirth, a rebirth of living. And the so-called secret, and I I don't like using the word secret, but really the secret to this is found in verse 5 where he says that if truly if a man isn't born from the water and the ruka or the spirit, it isn't possible he may enter the kingdom of heaven. So what does the water and what does the spirit mean? There's a lot of speculation as to water being baptism, but I don't think that he's talking about baptism in this. I don't think he is. I could be wrong because baptism really wasn't a a mandatory teaching at the time. The Jews wouldn't understand that. I mean, it was part of Jewish custom. I mean, John the Baptist was baptizing in the Jordan River, and he was, you know, making baptism available to his disciples. And baptism was actually a part of some Jewish teachings as well. But Nicodemus would have known this, and Nicodemus didn't quite understand these things. So Jesus is talking to him more in a spiritual sense. And not only that, it ties in in verse 6. And this is how I think it ties in, because he says in verse 5 again, it's impossible that if a man isn't born from the water and the Spirit, it is impossible for him to enter the kingdom of God. Then it says in verse 6, the thing which is born from the flesh is flesh, and the thing which is born from the Spirit is spirit. So what it seems to me saying here is using chapter, or verse 6 rather, to kind of cinch everything else together from verse 5. He says, the thing which is born of the flesh is flesh, and the thing which is born of the spirit is spirit. It seems to me, again, that he's just tying this all back together when he talks about water, and water meaning meaning what? 80% water, and we're, we're born of water, and when a person's born, the birthing process, all those kind of things is what the belief that some have. Now, whether it is or not, I'm not sure. It's just speculation on my part too, okay? But I do not think it's talking about baptism in this because that makes no sense at this stage in in the journey of Jesus teaching about baptism and anything like that whatsoever. He's talking about flesh, and then he's talking about the Spirit. And then in verse 7, it says, Do not be amazed that I said unto you that it is necessary for you to be born anew. What does this all mean? How does it work? Well, it's a spiritual rejuvenation. 
And all of this really begins with darkness and ends with a fully developed spiritual being, does it not? Because we are all living in a darkness and in a world that uh, before we become followers of Jesus, we're living in a darkness, we're living in a lifestyle that's not conducive to a spiritual lifestyle. And our end goal is what? To become spiritually renewed, to become fullness in the fullness of God. Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Not perfect in the sense that we're perfect without any faults whatsoever. That's not what perfection is. Now, of course, God doesn't have any sin or anything like that. But what Jesus is saying is be complete like your heavenly Father is complete. But that's for another lesson when we start looking maybe at some of the Sermon on the Mount lessons. But I really want to direct you to a place here that I think you're going to find some of the answers to what Jesus is talking about here in John chapter 3, and it may come as a major surprise to some of you where we're going to go with this. When I saw this and when God showed this and revealed this to me, and trust me, I'm not one of these people that goes around saying, well, God revealed to me this morning this, and God revealed to me this morning that. I don't use that revelation in a sense that many use it. I'm not flippant with it in the least. If God uses something for me to, wants me to use, then I'm very careful and I weigh things out. And I always make sure that it is from God. And then again, this is not anything that I've come up with. It's not anything maybe that you may not already know. It's just what he's revealed to me in my walk, in my life, and the things that I'm experiencing. These are things that you may already know, and you may be going, well, yeah, Mark, I already know these things that you're about to go into. If you don't, then listen in and continue on listening in with this. And if you do know these things I'm about to say, go share them with other people. Let them know. Pass to them the joy too. That's what they. That's what's so important about this. When we look at what he is trying to say and about the rebirth and what this is, what, what does it mean to be reborn? Jesus says you're supposed to be reborn. Well, that's nice. How do you be reborn? In fact, Nicodemus asked that. I can't go back into my mother's womb and be reborn. Jesus explains to him, and he goes on talking to him more about the spiritual life and about who he is. But I really think there's a lot that you can find, believe it or not, in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Hear me out here. Because one of the uh, translations in the Aramaic is literally from the beginning. In other words, a person cannot be born again. It does, you know, they're born of the Spirit, but they have to be born anew. They have to be born literally from the beginning. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Some of you know already you're starting to get an idea where I'm going with this. The creation of the world, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. What does Genesis chapter 1, which is traditionally the creation story, have to do with the rebirth of a spiritual being, of a Christian. It has everything to do with it. I do not think this is an accident. There are too many coincidences in this, and there's too much of a vein that runs through this for it to be anything but 
tied into the spiritual realm. So while everybody is over there arguing about whether there's a gap theory in creation or whether or not God created in literal seven days or there were seven 24-hour days or seven long eras or a long period of time, they can go on and argue about that because in the spiritual life, it really makes no difference to me. But here is something that does make difference, something to me. And this is why I want to tie this in with verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, what happens? There's this earth. It's void. It's without form. There's darkness over the face of the deep. So imagine what this world was like. There's no form to it. It's, it's void. It's empty. It's dark. There's just nothing there. No life can exist on it. It's just a dead place. I mean, there's just absolutely nothing there. Then look what happens next. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God says, let there be light. There's light. What do we have here? How does this tie in? What is our life like? Genesis chapter 1 parallels the lives of us before we even become followers of Jesus. Life, a life living in sin, a life lived in complete disregard to the truths of the spiritual realm, the truths of Christ, the truth of what is really important and truth of what truth is and reality. What is it? It's without form. It's void. It's darkness. How many people say they have a void in their life? How many people say that their life is purposeless? How many people say they live in a world of darkness? Yeah, exactly. Everybody who's without Christ, when, in one shape or form, is living without form, it's void, or without purpose. Or the purpose that they have is a temporal purpose. Isn't that interesting? How before Jesus, we are just like that. But then guess what happens? The Spirit of God moves across the face of what? The waters. Now that's interesting in itself. And, you know, there's all kinds of things going on in my mind about the waters on this, and I'd like to chase a rabbit, but I really don't know where I'm going to go with it because I really don't know if exactly if it's if where I'd want to go with it would hold any water. Ha ha. Pun intended. Yeah, right. But seriously, I don't know what it would be. I'd have to think it through a little bit more. But let's just leave it there, kind of something to just kind of whet your appetite. I'm sorry with the puns. It's just rolling off my tongue right now, right? So the Spirit of God is hovering over what? The face, the face of the waters. And then God said what? Let there be light. And there was light. And then he separated the light from the darkness. Then the story goes on in Genesis about the creation. The creation of what? Now, there's the creation of light, of course. There's an expanse. There's a midst of the water and separated the waters from, from the dry land, or from the waters, rather, and separated the waters from under the expanse, from the waters, the atmosphere. And then he goes on through this creation process. And at the end, what does he do? He creates mankind in his own image, the fullness of Christ, the fullness of God, full fellowship with God himself. So you start off with what? A dark, formless, void, empty world with nothing. And at the end, you have a fully grown man and woman of God. And where were they before? They were created in that. Our lives are very much like that formless earth. And then when the Spirit of God comes upon us, and we open ourselves to him and let the Spirit works on us, and that light comes in. And when that light comes in, it starts moving the darkness. But then, guess what happens? We have to start 
going through a rebirth process, a birthing process. We start going through the very basics. And from that, more things can grow and start building on top of that. Because all those things that happened in Genesis, all those things had to be built upon the thing that was before it. You could not have those things in, let's say, day five, unless you had the things in day two. And you could not have the things in day two unless you had them in day one. So it's like a building block. It's like the foundation of a house that you're building. It's exactly the same way in our spiritual lives. God is building us in the same way that we find described in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 to me now, I don't really even read it much of a creation story. Not that it isn't. Don't, Don't misunderstand me but it's more of a spiritual development. And every time I go back and I read Genesis, that's what I see. God's purpose is to take us and make us into the full, the fullness of him and the full growth, the full man and woman that he has designed us to become. That's spiritual rebirth. But it's a process of growing. But so many of us just get stuck in day one, and that's it. Others move on to day two. Some move quickly through the process. Some don't move hardly at all, if at any at all. Others move on full to full spiritual maturity, and they grow all, go all the way up to those higher days, if you want to call it that. It's all a process based upon how God is working it in your life and how open we are to hearing from God. If we're hard-hearted, we are not going to be able to hear God the way that he wants to be heard. We are not going to be able to grow in the way that he wants us to grow. Why? Because our hearts are hard. It cannot grow. Things can't take place. Jesus used many metaphors and examples of trees and seed falling on the ground. And if it's not fertile ground, the seed can't take root. The same thing that you see in the first chapter of Genesis. Where are you on your spiritual growth? Are you growing? Are you on day one? where just light has come in and separating the darkness. If you are, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You're going to move on to day two. If you continue on the way and grow, then you will continue to grow and reach those higher levels, those higher those higher levels of maturity. That's what God is trying to do for us. So going back to John chapter 3, what is Jesus saying here? He's saying that if we want to experience the kingdom of God, which is like in the Garden of Eden, where God dwells, and we enjoy every kind of fruit, all kinds of abundance, all kinds of fellowship, that depth of the relationship with God. If we want that kingdom, we need to be born again. We have to let light come into us. We have to let God work and separate and do things and move things and shift things and plant seeds and let it grow. Isn't that amazing how God works when we read our scriptures and how he works, what he does and has in store for us. Appreciate you listening. We're going to talk more about some of these concepts in our next podcast. We're also going to look at verse 8. Verse 8 is really exciting. There's all kinds of great things. So take this, share it with your friends, make sure to subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next podcast.